Hello, friends. Konnichiwa, and welcome to Banter Podcast. This podcast is a conversational experience that starts off with your usual buffoonery, if you will, and then we let it organically grow into something deeper and much more meaningful. You know, we get to challenge each other's insights and perspectives, share stories, all that good stuff. So lock it up, let your hair down, and get your beaks wet because we're going places. Poof. Sure fucking do. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very, very special guest here. His name is Dimitri. I always forget how to say your last name, so I'm going to attempt. Give it a shot. Galameyev. See, the thing with, with Russian last names, you can't smile when you pronounce them. I you can't. need to have a permanent frown when That's you say anything in Russian, whether it's a last name, whether it's a Galameyev. Galameyev. Okay, Galameyev. 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 It helps right. if I clench my teeth, too. Nailed it. So Dmitry is a Russian assassin, a digital nomad. He is white and he's darker than me. Um... <laughs> And that's just what he does, and he does it well. And every Instagram story that he posts, it's always chill. He's always showing some toes, and he's always getting it done, no matter what. And how you find out is after he does it. He's a renaissance man. Ladies and gentlemen, Dimitri. Wow. All right. Wow. I feel feel honored. Superheroes. You should be. And like this being a podcast and all, I just want to let everybody know that Nate has freestyle died. There wasn't a little shoot paper that he was reading. That all came from the heart. All from the heart, bro. And it feels better than ever <laughs> hearing that. Be- better than ever. Ooh, there's a breath of fresh it. air. No, yeah. no doubt. It's good to, the, to be here. Yeah, show us to the striped socks, you know? Appreciate they out here. Dimitri's always had a, a steady sock game, so I appreciate that. The, the drip is real. Stay tuned for Sock Wars. We're going to be going into our guest closets and actually looking at some of their statement pieces. So we're, we're going to have a big toe war. In this case, Dimitri's sock game, up there. Shout out to Yo Socks. <laughs> Yo Socks. Yo Socks. Base. Initially, we had dinner earlier just to, you know, to link up and eat and have drinks, get our beaks wet, you know. And then, um, I don't know, we had an interesting conversation that we were saying, shit, this should be the podcast right here. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to leave you guys some some freshness so so you're saying we should go into the backstory yeah i want to yeah, yeah let's let's uh let's get let's let uh dimitri get his beak wet you yeah. know let your hair down a little bit you know where did it all where did it all start man where it did all this... it all began in the glorious country of kazakhstan okay. boom okay. not a lot of people know where it is <laughs> some people heard it in the the great film of borat right. and and i think that's as far as their knowledge base goes of what Kazakhstan's all about. Um, yeah, born and raised, immigrated to Canada in 01. Lived there ever since. Toronto's been my base uh, for a number of years, more than a decade now. And couldn't be more thankful for the opportunity to, to be out here in this country because now that I'm doing what I'm doing, which is freelancing as a digital product designer, I know for a fact that I wouldn't be able to do that in Kazakhstan. I wouldn't be able to travel and work remotely. I wouldn't be getting paid in USD. There, there's a lot of things that would not have happened if my parents had not taken that leap of faith and, and, and made that move. And I think that's actually, that, that, that has become like a, a mantra of mine, like taking a leap of faith, uh, jumping, 
Um, I'm probably gonna get a tattoo of it. Actually, it's. Ooh, I think it's gonna happen in New York this month. That's really. Dope. Yeah. Really um, Your first tattoo. First tattoo. Wow. And it's gonna be. I don't want to like give too too much away of it, but it's gonna be saltar, which is Portuguese for the verb jump. And and the reason why it's in Portuguese is because last year I took that leap of faith. I was in Australia just two days before New Year's, and I got a last minute invite from a friend of mine uh, who's now my girlfriend and she invited me over to Sao Paulo, Brazil because a number of our friends were coming out and they're all going to welcome the new year together and at that t- at that time the the tickets out from Australia to Sao Paulo were around like two grand and, and that was yeah. way out of my budget um, like I had a crush on this girl but it wasn't worth two grand at the time <laughs> it's also a leap of faith in, yeah. it's, in itself Right. Yeah, yeah, honestly, um, on so many levels. Um, turns out I had enough points on my credit card, which brought the price down to like 100 bucks. Took that one-way flight to Brazil. Luckily, I still had the visa in my passport from like five years ago when I went down there for the FIFA World Cup. And, uh, and it all worked out. <laughs> uh, yeah, ended up landing there. And, <clears throat> and before I know it, I, I'm spending six months out of the year in Brazil. Ended up taking Portuguese classes. Um, her and I actually got into skydiving while we were out there in Brazil. So just like another element to the whole like saltar, leap of faith, yeah. the jump methodology. And ever since I've been doing these big life moments... Uh, making these big decisions, I've never really looked back and regretted a single one of them. Sure, there's like bad things that happen along the way, but everything is net positive. And I'm super, super excited about that. And if there's like one takeaway from this entire conversation is just to jump more. I dig that. Well, well said, man. That speaks to me. I'm sure it speaks to a lot of you people listening. You people. <laughs> I'm sure it speaks to a lot of people listening because I think we're we're breaking ground right now in this day and age where people are starting to really see value in that type of a lifestyle and that type of a mindset. Um, and they're putting more energy in towards that. Like, for instance, Nate here, he's never really been out of North America, right? And then this fucking guy is on his way to the UK. Out of nowhere, he's just got popped a fucking fast one on me and he's just like yo I'm going to the UK I'm like what that's huge mm. you know so I think I mean you know bringing it back to Dimitri's story is, is pretty cool because that's a partial bit of his story and we'll probably get into you know I'll, Nate and I will probably ask some questions about some of the bad things that have happened um, some of the takeaways from those experiences and all that but being th- this being banter is like we'll naturally get into it but I think it's really cool to see and to feel the energy in those stories and explanations of like where you're coming from and the, the tattoo rationale it, like makes sense. There's so much cohesion with that. Like it all makes sense. It feeds into each other, which is fucking very dope. Sounds cool. Mm-hmm, for so, sure. Big up. <laughs> big up. Gotta put some Jamaican horns in there, man. <laughs> oh, dude, this brings me back to like Plaza days. Plazo? Plazo. What's this that? used yeah, to be a, a huge all-ages club. Dude, I, I've been there like four or five times. Up in Vaughn, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. On Peeler Road. Yeah. yeah. What happened to that place? Oh, it dude. It was That's a f- every club in Toronto, <laughs> what happened to that place? So true. So, I, you know, I feel like some of our listeners 
Uh, I I know you guys will know this fucking club, Palazzo. It was all ages. <laughs> it was in crazy. Woodbridge at one point. Like that was the go-to spot when we were in high school and we couldn't get into the 19 plus clubs. But you know what was always weird is seeing people that are. 19 or above yeah. in that club. Oh, yeah. What are you doing that was fucking weird. in an all-ages club yeah. that doesn't serve alcohol? They were all hunting and Those shit. are all early oh, early man. predators, man. Mm-hmm. Watch out. Those are all magnatas, man. All magnatas. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's going <laughs> That's a deep. magnata effect. Oh, fuck. Okay. People. <laughs> sorry, not sorry about that one. But, uh, yeah, Palazzo, that's crazy that you brought that up because, yeah, I, uh, I grew up in a high school... And there were lots of like uh, Italians, and there was tons of Italians, and like I would always go there like with all my Italian friends and my I don't know, but Palazzo was a, a huge thing. Everything cool on the technical side. You gotta plug the adapter in, man. It got unplugged, I guess. Oh, word. So are we not yeah. getting picked up? No, we are. It's the power, so it, the laptop doesn't die. Oh shit! All right, sneak that in there. So Dimitri is also he's a guest and he's also tech support. Yep. So might hire him part time. Complete value add here. Yep, very valuable asset. But like, I mean, we had a conversation. We were talking earlier about uh, being in 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 Brazil. How many languages do you speak, man? Or can you can you get by on in the yeah, world? Yeah, my mother tongue is Russian. Uh, I picked up English, obviously, um, as I moved over to Canada, and uh, I've learned a little bit of Portuguese when I was in Brazil, and. Whenever I'm in a Spanish-speaking country, I think speaking Portuguese just gets me by, and people understand enough of it to to get me whatever it is that I'm asking for, while just giving me some pity. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like barely getting by, but that's about it. I definitely wish I, I learned more as a as a child. It was just it was difficult picking up French, for example, out here in Canada while I was learning English because. French was taught in English and it was just messing up my mind way too much um, but learn your learn the languages that are given to you at the youngest age possible kids yep. don't show us the, the <laughs> multi-linguists out there man imagine being taught French in another language that you're also learning yeah I never looked at it that way that trips Jeez. me the hell out because it's like imagine you have a Russian or a, a Kazakh a Kazakh accent Kazakhstani or Kazakh Kazakh if you have a Kazakh accent Russian accent Polish accent uh, Punjab accent whatever and you're teaching someone French how effective is that or how ineffective is that I don't know I'm not here to judge but it's just questions that are fucking really coming up now through this, this conversation through the Kazakh James Bond that's right yep is uh what was your first take uh, when people when you saw Borat was it offensive was it like joking like was it like hearted or were you like you know what the fuck that's not even how we roll <laughs> you know because i feel like that was a wild have... time to be alive that was a wild time for any kazakh all around the world because up until that point no one really knew what kazakhstan was yeah. where it is who lives there what they do and the moment that i knew borao was coming out it must have been like 14 years old or so i was stoked I was I was super proud. I was like, "Hey, people are gonna know where Kazakhstan is. Like, let's get it out there." And then I saw the movie. Oh, and sheesh. and it was, yeah, it was like a roller coaster because I still thought I like I, I took a I took it 
super easy going through it. Uh, like Sasha Barakovichen is uh, he's a funny dude, and I think the it was like the after effect of that movie that I didn't see coming. Um, I just got bullied a lot afterwards. Uh, people would like mimic a lot of the stuff that he did, and it was like funny at first, but then. It got like too personal too soon because it, it it would be like the only thing that people would do mm-hmm. uh, whenever Kazakhstan would would come into their minds. So it was uh, I don't know it, I think bully getting bullied at a young age in hindsight could actually be seen as as a good thing because it, it helps you build like tough skin and uh, and get you to figure out how to roll through that go with the punches. So yeah, it was like a, a, a lot of mixed feelings, a lot of mixed feelings about it. But now that the dust has settled, I think more and more people are discovering Kazakhstan for its beauty and the people. And it's still one of those countries that doesn't have a tourist facade mm-hmm. in any way. When you get there, you experience the country for what the people that live there experience it for. Interesting. Um, are there any like major import export um things that Kazakhstan is known for or that they specialize in or that they're growing in or is it more like kind of they're still finding their footing with like the world trade or I don't know they're super tied with Russia and and the reason why that's the case is because of the oil mm-hmm. there's there's a tie relationship for that point and whenever Russia sends any satellite into space any rocket it comes from um, an airfield uh, or like a launch pad in Kazakhstan so oh, shit. that's probably like the biggest thing on the world export trade. Um, fun fact: it has the the largest outdoor skating ring, which is in the mountains, in the world. That's sick. Um, I really want to go there now, man. Yeah, a lot of beauty. Very similar to the Canadian landscape, actually. A lot of mountains, a lot of plains, like all the above. Do you skate well? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good man. Good man, good and Canadian. For all you fact checkers <laughs> that want to check facts and are a little bit skeptical and doubtful, uh, Dimitri's legit because he actually served five years in the military. So put that in your pipes and smoke it. Yep. Um, so he's my pretty service. savvy. <clears throat> yeah, he's done his service. Paid his dues. So, uh, ladies, Dimitri is spoken for though. <laughs> this <laughs> guy's I'm always ter- shutting it down, I'm man. Speaking for Dimitri, I'm just playing here. Uh, <laughs> I was just trying to, I don't know, that was totally off the cuff and I was trying to like be funny, but that turned out fucking awkward as hell because I'm like, hey, yeah, like we're selling him. He's got all these fucking facets and he's a multifaceted renaissance man. I take but, it. Yeah. <laughs> Keep him calm. Jeff. Cock block Jeff. Be quiet, not your dick. Hey, get your toe wet. Go dip in the pool. Oh man. Hey, Dimitri, do you crack your toes? I feel like I heard you crack your toes earlier. I don't. No, that's okay. weird. That's weird. Are, Are you into that? that? No, I'm not. Are you sure? Nate's a foot guy for sure. I fucking I hate feel feet. like he just got let down. He's a nah, toe sucker. I swear I heard a, a, a toe crack, though. <laughs> toe sucker and cracker? My, yeah, he's just my mind. cracks toes you're, you're with his teeth. You want those. <laughs> crack a toe? Off. Crack a toe while sucking it. No Man. homo. Ooh, that's that's some, No homo. That's some serious like that's power. Yeah. That's some mandible that's power man. right there. Doesn't have to be a guy's toe. Like where are you? Where are you trying yeah. to lead us? Could be a camel's toe. Last I heard, Jimmy Carter did it. So, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy. Shout out to Jimmy's shout, Coffee. <laughs> shout out to Jimmy's Coffee for sponsoring us. Shout out to Jimmy Carter for putting out a sick mixtape. Yeah, that dude's OG. He was part of Dipset in 04 to 05. Fucking madness, man. Where are the fact checkers now? Killer. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of questions, a lot of questions though, because I, I know Nate was pumped to have Dimitri on here, and I've met Dimitri once at one of Nate's parties, and it was, I, I think we had a really brief call, I don't think we actually got into it, but I was like, yeah, I'm stoked, man, I'm, I'm, I'm totally into it. Dude, what's but, dope about Dimitri, sorry, keep Yeah, going. go ahead, no. Um, he's like one of the only digital nomads I know that are nomading digitally, like he's fucking doing it, he's not just saying it, he's doing it. yeah. I mean, like, yeah, maybe you can tell us more about that. Maybe we can get into that, too, because maybe we can talk about, um, you know, the, the positives, the things to look out for, the things that, uh, you know, the type of person that you might have to be or that will help you, like certain qualities and attributes that you have or don't have yet mm-hmm. um, to prep. Because I know that people are starting to really shift gears and thinking about make, having more of a, an online or a social presence, you know, because mm. people are starting to see value in it. I see a lot of my friends that are my age or older or just a bit younger, and um, they're starting their own, like, podcasts or channels just like we are, you know. It's kind of cool to see people taking a little bit more control of their lives rather than, you know, sticking in the rat race for no reason. I mean, there's nothing... Like, if you're doing the 9 to 5, I, I don't... Uh, I'm not against that because it's like your path, but as long as you're conscious of it, that's kind of mm-hmm. what I'm about, right? Mm-hmm. But being that's a digital actually, nomad. Yeah, that's how I actually knew or met Dimitri was through a tech company we both worked for. Um, and I think that was the beginning of where he was a peacock and he wanted to fly, right? And um, I saw, I remember the first day I met Dimitri, um, pretty savvy guy. You were, you were thinking about his toes, weren't you? I was. I was also thinking of what color socks he was wearing and how they weren't matching his shirt, but who am I to judge? A little toe tattoo, maybe? Maybe <laughs> little not. Toe a little toe tatty on the pinky ring. toe? Toe ring. <laughs> toe rings are coming back, bro. Ask Dimitri. Heavy. Yeah, I saw it. He has one on each toe. Um, but yeah, just seeing, having that history, I think we started relatively around the same time at this company. And just seeing the different path he took was actually really inspiring. So we want to hear from the man himself what that was like. What inspired him to jump? Oh, sure did. Yeah, I feel like before I even dive into it, there's like (laughs) there's something needs to be addressed. There's a lot of buzz around being a digital nomad nowadays. Yeah. Everybody's looking at uh, on the gram and they're trying to figure out like how are people doing it? Everybody wants to everybody that's like stuck in some sort of job that that is location-based has a desire to do it at some point or another but Like call it being a digital nomad. That's more of like a lifestyle decision Than a business decision and it's the business that you start that's gonna allow you to live that lifestyle you can't like desire to, to be location independent and try to figure your shit out, you need to nail some sort of a business that's gonna be viable uh, wherever it is that you are first and then structure it in the right way to uh, for it to be uh, taken abroad and, and taken with you in your laptop anywhere you go. Mm-hmm. So I did have the desire to travel more while uh, Nate and I were working at the same company, but I knew that I had to go through a lot of steps to, to get there and to make it a viable business. Um, and most importantly, like to be frank, I had to prove my parents that leaving IBM is is the right thing to do. And and they're incredibly proud of me for, for having that job in the first place. And 
when I came back to them saying that, hey, I'm going to bounce and I'm going to do my own thing, they thought I was ridiculous. And it was almost like a slap in the face for them, mm-hmm. uh, thinking about that leap of faith that they took to right. get over to Canada to give me this opportunity. And then I'm walking away from it. So there's that extra pressure for me to succeed to make sure that I'm, I'm more happier doing what it is that I'm going to do on my own and I'm going to make more money and I'm going to tackle more meaningful projects while I do it as well. There's also, um, you like your background in terms of your education was also different than I think a lot of the um, people that we were working with, right? Yeah, definitely. I went through OCAD University. I studied industrial design and that program as a whole just taught me how to be a creative problem solver. They never really pushed us to a particular vertical within the design field. They just taught us how to solve problems, understand the users, um, and do it from ways that have never been done before, which is in a way a very good blueprint to entrepreneurship as a whole. You're always kind of, you're trying to um, figure things out along the way and and tackle the biggest problems that are going to allow you to do whatever it is that you're doing for the longest time possible. So that for me was product design, user experience design, user interface design, whatever you call it. And I knew that I could do that wherever I want, whoever I want to work with, uh, tackling whatever impact in the world needs to be tackled. But I had to get there and I had to make the right relationships. So starting off with a solid portfolio, getting your name out there, um, making all the mistakes while you possibly uh, can earlier on is is definitely those like hard learning points that you get naturally through the business mm-hmm. and sooner or later things for me at least fell into place and it must have been like nine months since I had left that I was able to take my business on the road and I think the first place that I bounced to was actually uh, to to London England UK yeah UK baby UK, that's where baby. you going and and then I just traveled around Europe, hit up Croatia, Switzerland, back to back to the UK. And uh, the time difference was a lot because some of my clients were in North America, but at least the the context was something that I was still familiar with. It was uh, like a lot of the Western countries um, have a very similar way of life as we do here in Canada, and and that gave me like a ground of familiarity that allowed me to excel my business even more. So at that point, I felt like things fell into place. It was a good testing ground. I did it for a month. And yeah, I guess the rest is history. Um, bouncing between different continents. Um, as far as like Australia and New Zealand, where I've, I was working on 12-hour differences between my clients and I. I was taking meetings at like 1 o'clock in the a.m., 4 yeah. o'clock in the a.m., 6 o'clock, taking naps throughout the day just to get by all while doing a, like a road trip through New Zealand with my friend. And as hard as those moments were, I ultimately knew that it was the business that allowed me to do whatever it is that I was doing. And it allowed me to be in these exotic places. So that always had to come first. It wasn't the lifestyle that was coming first, it was the business. And, and that's where the success comes from and the opportunities to be a digital nomad like focus on that first those are nuggets right there people those are easter eggs for you is even to me because i've lived partially like 
of that life. And I never, ever considered myself a digital nomad. Um, but I do understand aspects of the real challenges when you're out in a very foreign place, when you don't speak the country, when you actually have to survive and you have to like think business, like with a business mindset, an entrepreneurial mindset, you have to put yourself out there. You have to maybe offend a couple of people by doing outreach in the wrong way to learn the right way. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, structure is very important. Something I've actually never been blessed with is like being a structured person. So it was hard for me, but like hearing all that, I'm like, holy shit, that's parts of these I can recognize to be true. Parts of them I'm like, oh, that's a good point. Like I didn't ever actually, the way you articulated that is kind of like, that's good. Like if we can extract some of these and like, you know, give some content to people listening that are interested, if we can extract certain points that he said, he just did it so well, right? Yeah, he killed it. It's also interesting, um, going back to the point of, I think the whole notion of, okay. (laughs) Nate's getting uh, sacked. Digital nomad. (laughs) The whole notion of being a digital nomad and it being glorified in the sense of people wanting to attain the lifestyle versus putting in the work and not understanding the alternative side of those 1 a.m., 4 a.m. meetings, the actual fucking work that goes into doing that. They just, a, a lot of people you'll see on YouTube or Instagram, they, I'm a digital nomad, I'm, I'm in Bali right now, this is great, I get to go on my laptop for a couple hours, write some blog posts, and that's it. No, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes that people aren't, aren't seeing. For sure. Yeah, that's a really good point to to mention, actually. And I made a mistake really early on. Uh, while I was working, I actually, I was watching a lot of YouTube. I was following a lot of people on Instagram. And it seemed like they were living the life. They were creating content. They were making videos. They were making photos. And they are being, like, social media influencers. Let's call them that. And I remember calling a good friend of mine. Um, Tristan O'Brien, who also has a sick podcast called Gone Rogue, which uh, y'all should check out. Plug that. Plug. And I called him up because he's a very successful photographer out here in Toronto. And I just remember harassing him with questions about like what it takes to be an influencer and like a person that gets paid to do all these crazy adventures and to promote products. And my the the problem in hindsight is that I haven't asked questions about his photography or the way that he runs his business and how he got into it. It was more about the destination rather than the journey. And he he actually called me out on that on his podcast and he didn't necessarily mention my name, which was nice of him, but it gave me like a good lesson about what it takes, like doing it for the right reasons, actually. So that was a harsh... Uh, like reality or like wake up call uh, for me and and moving away from it I, I stepped away from like the desire to do what the people on social media were doing and rather than or like rather take the desire to create cool products and do great designs help help companies out here in Canada first before I take the, the business into the international landscape uh, and then grow it from there Absolutely. You always got to start locally, man. That's like with anything. I think that's even they even preach that in music. Like Everywhere. If you're not buzzing locally. How are you going to be globally? It's community. Success. Yeah. Successful. I was waiting for you to notice my finger. Man. So. 
always waiting for Nate to notice my fingers. <laughs> Sometimes I'll he'll come I'll come over for a podcast after a long day Sounds and he doesn't even notice my fucking fingers. Come on, Nate. Come on, Nate. Dot Apparently, he he dropped a big fact today. Yeah. It's your marriage finger that has the softest skin yeah. so if you're ever applying <laughs> the lotion to, uh, to the sen- soft and sensitive skin of your eyelids you should always use your marriage finger or foreskin oh, so, of course if you still have it so well, just to recap Nate was telling us what this, the softest part of your, your hands are he was dropping a dime and dropping some knowledge on us. Did you folks know, did you guys know watching this, that the softest part of your hand is on your ring finger, the pad of your ring finger? You didn't know that. Nate knows that. Talk to Nate. What's up? Don't ask, just know. <laughs> That's going on our story right I know. there. You're welcome, people. Now you know. We're coming in hot. Now you know. But yeah, uh, back to the actual aspect of networking. You're a natural at this shit. Like, this guy's... I'm, I'm sure your fucking actual network, not just looking at numbers on Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever, but you've met... You've made a lot of genuine connections. And those have probably rewarded you at some point, or they will in, in the future. Those seeds. Yeah, I think the... <laughs> this guy. The, the network definitely goes a long way but a point to to be made at this or like right now uh when whenever like anyone's thinking about like their journey like what it is that they're going to be doing and how to start off like don't forget that everybody has that network everybody knows people that's what it comes down to like me being a a website designer Mm. i can walk into a convenience store on the corner of my street and be like hey do you need a website done yeah. And the guy would be like, I've been looking for a designer for the past couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like that. Just like talk to the people that are in your circle uh, about like whatever it is that you're doing. Someone's going to need whatever it is that you're offering and then take it from there. A lot of people don't do that, though. They don't. A lot of people don't have the confidence or the balls, especially in, I feel, the design industry because of freelance um, might have a bad taste in their mouth because of a bad experience or whatever it is but the aspect of like pushing forward regardless of your experience it always pays off in the end you have to be persistent with networking oh it's key well we design for people not machines not yet at least right next year so like there's a a quote by frank chimero i don't know if i'm saying that right but it has everything to do with design he goes people ignore design that ignores people when i'm like fucking makes sense Mm. you know what i mean like when you design products yeah you're designing the product but it's for people unless you start like engineering then you're designing parts that that help other parts and machines but i think which help people front fit yeah at the end of the day it's people Mm -hmm. that make the world go round obviously in the ecosystem but i mean that's getting all neil Neil tyson the grass on on you guys (laughs) but (laughs) big boom (laughs) Um, but anyway, I don't know where I was going with that, but I think, yeah, it's all about people. came back with the jacks and then dropped the fucking, quote. I dropped that at interviews <laughs> and people eat it up. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they love it. You just say people and they're like, oh, I like him. He likes people. What's, uh, Dimitri, what's a good quote that you live by that you would like get tatted like above your yeah. belly button? That I would get tatted. Yeah. Maybe like more of a tramp stamp. Yeah. Tat tat. Yeah. Fake it, it before you make it. Ooh, okay. Well said. Well said. 
I feel like it's it's important for the tram stamp in particular because like someone you might be like bending over your shirt goes up someone's <laughs> walking by they they need that like picker upper yeah and as you're picking like a snickers up from the ground that you previously dropped yeah exactly because yeah. like you know that 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 person needs to see that in yeah. that particular moment and as as they're walking by slowly you're turning your head right and you and let out saying, a toot let out a toot and then you say you pick up what i'm putting down Bert. <laughs> nailed it <laughs> <laughs> oh, didn't see you there. You see me? <laughs> that's how you win, people. That's, that's, how, that's how you break wind. It's a contrast of our podcast, man. We get real serious, and then we get we have a silly goose time. There's, There's a, a bit of a divide. success. Keys to personal and emotional success. Yeah. If you can toot in front of the public, you can toot your own horn, essentially. Let's get into some of the fucking real meat and potatoes of this. So when we were talking earlier, you said that you got robbed three times when you were away. <laughs> that's how we. That's how we do this. We're gonna get. We're letting our hair down. This guy's, we're wetting this our guy beak. works for Vice. We're wetting the beak. We're letting our hair down, and we're Rudy tooting all over the whole podcast right now. So Dimitri, what's what's it like being in like a society? No, was like, it like uh, were there weapons involved? What like a knife, gun, fucking flamethrower? Top places you've been that are dangerous that you've shit yourself or we're close to shitting yourself what's the question so rob and then yeah, there's fall. a lot going on here like, <laughs> okay. what do you guys want so to we'll, hear we'll start with I the, for all. the rob <laughs> scenario and then we'll build off of what kind of nate was asking in detail like so yeah, yeah i haven't been robbed a single time up until last year um across like all the places that i've been to um getting myself into sketchy scenarios sneaking into things i probably shouldn't be in Nothing bad has ever happened, and I feel like I just have a gold shoe stuck up my ass that that allowed me to be safe in all these environments. But Brazil changed all that. Not to give it a bad rep or anything, um, I think Brazil is an incredible place, and I've had some of the most incredible moments when I was over there. There was just something about that month in particular. Uh, it must have been, yeah, it was February of last year, like exactly a year ago. Um, I was out in Sao Paulo, I've decided to stick around and uh, really invest in the culture and the experience of being in Brazil. So what's the best thing I can do? I should sign up to some Portuguese lessons and, and go and take a basic Portuguese course to try to get by on my own. Surprisingly, not a lot of people speak English in Sao Paulo, um, it being the, the scale of the city that it is. It's super hard to get by if you don't know any Spanish or Portuguese. So as I was going through school, uh, the the traffic was just killing me. The, the the amount of cars that are out on the streets out there is is crazy, and mm -hmm. the best way of getting by is with a motorcycle. So I started scoping out motorcycles to get in Sao Paulo, as one would. Found a, a slick Honda CQ, 150 uh, 1980s edition <laughs> like almost like an antique uh, from this guy that was just collecting these things uh, that would get me through the city in ways that I had to get through like the fastest way possible so I got this thing I, I took it out for a spin for a week told the guy that I'm gonna bring it back and and then decide if I'm gonna buy it or not things are going well and 
I have one more night with this thing. I'm staying at a fairly good neighborhood in Sao Paulo. There's Pinheiros. And What's Pinheiros? It's just like an upcoming neighborhood. It's, oh, okay. it's very safe. There's a lot of condos, uh, a lot of great restaurants, bars. A good time. Definitely like a neighborhood worth checking out if you're ever in Sao Paulo. And I leave it overnight on the street in a parking space that says Motos. And I come back the next day and it's gone. And first I was like, did I leave it here? Did, like, what was, what was <laughs> happening? Am I, am I in the right place? This, this can't be real. Because I literally had to return that motorcycle back to the dude that day, like just a couple of hours from now. And then it would have been off my hands. I wouldn't have to worry about it at all. And, and it's gone. Then I've noticed there's a security camera it's in the shop next by. And I tried talking to the dude about getting the footage. And he was just being super difficult. He just said that it happens all the time in this area in particular. And so, so that was, that was the first time around. Um, all hope was lost. Like it's gone. There's millions of motorbikes in Sao Paulo. The, the odds of finding this thing were super slim. So then my buddy felt bad for me and he gave me his bicycle that I can like roam around the city and, and try to get to school and back. So I took it off his hands, I went to class, then I went to a WeWork afterwards, uh, which was also in a very good area. I locked it up right outside of the office, uh, worked for a little bit, came back downstairs, gone. This was the second week of February. Damn. And, and at that point I was rattled. I was, I was getting like second thoughts about being in Brazil entirely. Like my goal was to make it up until the carnival. Yeah, That's why I was oh, going through yeah. this experience of like learning the language, trying to get in with the culture, pick out the right costumes, uh, really like understand how to survive and thrive in Brazil uh, when the carnival would, would roam around. But those weeks back to back were just making it so difficult to to rationalize, f- to stick around the uh, the country. And and on the last week, on that third week of February. I was out costume shopping in this market called 25 de Marzo, and that is where everybody goes to get their carnival attire. It's buzzing with people. It's like a crazy bazaar. And I was smart about my phone. People told me about like what to do, what not to do when you get over there. And finally, when I was just about to leave, I pulled my phone out to call an Uber, and some dude just rides by his bike, snatches out of my hands. <laughs> continues riding out i'm chasing out for him i feel like james bond at this point i'm i'm ducking through corners uh trying to get a hold of this guy and then slowly he's just like riding further and further into the distance the most impressive part about this guy as he swiped my phone it must have been 10 seconds after that he swiped another person's phone with his other hand while riding his bike without hands like these people are trained assassins they they know what they're doing they are olympic athletes and (laughs) and yeah they're (laughs) they figured out the craft so watch your stuff but other than that uh like now that i got that tourist uh like that gringo vibe out of my system i was just like more aware of the situation that i was in nothing bad happened since (laughs) and and it was a huge test i think like a mental test of how long I want to stay in that country and like the reasons why I'm there. Have you guys seen that video of uh, in Rio pre Olympics? Um, there's like a, someone recording the video outside of a building in a very busy area. I think it was outside of like one of the main like the bus stations, 
in Rio, and it was like the big city center, and they were filming just a group of kids. Um, oh, from the I've na- seen this. I've seen this. A group of kids from the neighborhood, and they're literally just so brazen, and they're just like stealing shit off of people, snatching shit. But they they don't they flee for a bit, but then they just come back to the same spot, and they're like people are in the buses, like in tour buses, with yeah. the windows open on their phones or the cameras or whatever. And they're literally jumping and grabbing whatever they can in the yeah, windows. Like and cameras it's, and all that. It's broad daylight and they're there for like hours. And like some person is just filming it go down and they're like stealing people's necklaces off their off their necks. And people are chasing them. Some people don't even bother chasing them. But it's so, I mean, again, you don't know how they're cutting the video or where it really is. But it's still, it kind of does go to show like crime is running rampant. And that was a big concern pre-Olympics. But, I mean, I'm always, again, skeptical about what you see on the internet. But that was harder to debunk for me because I was like, there's not much you can stage here. But, I Yeah, don't know. I heard of, of blitzes like that, too, happening in Rio in particular. Yeah. Uh, the favelas tend to bleed into the city. Of course. So, like, at one corner, you could be walking in a good neighborhood. Another corner, you're at the entrance of a favela. So, you really got to be aware of, like, where it is in the city that you're at and where you're going. But since the Olympics, I feel like the, the city or the cities in Brazil have definitely improved a lot. And, and really, it, it, just, it comes down to like losing materialistic things. Yeah. Uh, when all those things got robbed off of me in Brazil, I felt bad for like 30 minutes or so. But then I was just thankful that like I'm still good. Things could have been worse. Uh, like when the motorcycle got stolen... I just thought that it was it was a sign that something bad was going to happen because the cities or the streets in Brazil do tend to get fairly crazy and, and like you really got to survive on a motorcycle when you're riding out there. And I just like took it as as a good sign to to take life the way that it is and to move forward from it. So like as long as like you got your health and you're still rolling, you're still able to get by. It's good to go. And it really is like a lottery. Like, it could happen to anyone anywhere in the world. Yeah. I think you can get robbed just as easily in Toronto, uh, walking at a place where you, like, you shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as, uh, as I did over there. Yeah. Yo, I saw, it was right before Christmas time at, like, Young Shepherd Station. I saw this dude go right up to this guy on his iPhone and just grab it out of his hand. And then he pretended he was on a call. And he's like, he took my phone. He took my phone. Guys, like, what are you talking about? It's my phone. And he just yeah. left. No. Way. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it happens. What it did happens. you do in that situation? I was waiting. I was waiting for him to try to take my shit. Like, I didn't fucking know. I just looked. I'm like, fuck. That sucks. You yeah. can't really do. Like, I'm not gonna be Superman. And be like, give him his phone back. Like, <laughs> some sucks, people man. try. Get that I mean, you can bravery. try, but like, well, some people try to be, uh, like, in public. Uh, disputes like that or in, you know when you see something happen in broad daylight a lot of people don't act on certain things you know for the most part it's easy for people to cast stones to be like no one's fucking doing anything when this psychotic person on the subway is like you know going nuts bothering people of course mm. that's not right but then when you get to a certain I don't know I'm not gonna say age but like I think I look at it with from a different perspective now because when I was younger it was more like Yo, why isn't anybody doing anything? Everyone should step in. But it's like, when you're there, maybe, like, it depends. It's situational. Like, it it all depends. I, for one, 
feel like I would stand up for someone, but it all depends. Like I value my life too, right? Like you just never know what's going on. So there's a lot of unknown and uncertainty. You know, everybody wants to be a good person, I think for the most part, but when you have someone that looks a little bit shady and that they wouldn't hesitate to stab anybody, you're like, am I gonna try to save this stranger to be a good person, to feel righteous or to feel virtuous, or am I gonna risk my life? Or it's like, it all depends. You have to assess the situation. It's all about reading the person. But in in this case, like if it was a different situation, like if somebody's getting bullied or is like right. something I could manage for sure. But like I, have, <laughs> if that's if this guy has the balls to do that in front of everybody waiting in front of the subway, like yeah, he's got less to lose. Exactly. Um, that kind of goes to I mean my story about some guy tried to jack my phone in Montreal, and that's where my I was hammered out of my tree, fucking lost. I lost my friends, and I remember bits and pieces of this night. But it was long a snowy winter night, right? Long story short, I think it was like in the fall. It was like October, I think, when we were there. And I was so drunk, I lost my friends, and I'm trying to find my hotel. I was probably going in the wrong direction. We were staying in old Montreal, but we were downtown at the time. And I found myself just like lost. I couldn't, I was so drunk that I couldn't read my phone. I'm like, you know, you know, when you do one eye and you're like, I can't even read this phone. So I'm like, I'm wandering and I'm obviously clearly drunk, and some guy comes up to me on a bike, some like, scruffy dude he's like and like he he's in my peripheral he's at like my eight o'clock or whatever or my seven o'clock and he's just like hey man that's my phone what are you doing with my phone and right away i'm like oh fuck here we go i know this i know how this goes and i'm like dude i don't want any trouble just leave me alone i don't i was like slurring my words at that point i'm sure i don't even really remember what he was saying what i was saying but I was just trying to warn him off in a nice way, not antagonistic or anything. And I was like, dude, just leave me alone, man. I don't want any trouble. It's my phone. Leave me alone. And he's like, he just kept walking along with me with his bike. And I'm like, dude, just fuck off, man. Like, this is not your phone. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want any trouble or whatever. And he's just like, go ahead. No, 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 no. Keep going. Keep going. And then he's just like, so you're a tough guy, eh? I remember him saying you're a tough guy, and that's when it started to get beefy, right? Most Canadian, too. Like, you're a tough guy, eh? <laughs> oh, you're, hey, bud, you're a oh, fucking tough guy, eh? You don't make me call fucking, you know, Terry and fucking Dougal and fucking and Dooner. Get all the fucking darts. Hack a fucking dart, okay. Hack a dart and fucking grab a Timmy's after. But anyway, he fucking, he's just like, you're a tough guy, eh? And I was like, yeah, I'm a fucking tough guy. Leave me alone. Please don't do it. And, um, you know, I'm a small fucking Asian dude, so he's probably like, oh, this guy's not going to do shit. He's He's hammered, right? He's nothing but your local coffee boy. So, yeah, so I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I'm just jimmying it up, you know? And then uh, the guy's like, okay, whatever. Like, And I see him start to, like, hesitate, and then he starts slowly stepping in the other direction. And I'm just like, my heart's are like, I'm already aware of like, okay, this, I have a radar for danger, of course, right? So I'm like, fuck, like, I don't have to defend myself at this point. And then he hesitates and then he stops and he steps over his bike and puts his bike down and starts walking into my, like, walks towards me. He was still about like five feet away from me. But then he got off his bike and that's when I saw, and that's when like, I instantly, like my instincts took over and as soon as he got into my space and walked towards me I fucking just hit him with a straight right cross right in the chin beautiful shot and I don't fully remember I know what it felt like and it felt like like my hand was fine I didn't hurt my knuckle or anything it was a clean shot he dropped and I just stepped over him 
and I I yelled, I let out a war cry right over top. And I was like, ah! and then I fucking ran. I didn't even know if he was with friends or not, but it was just instinct. And I was like, bet you didn't see that fucking coming, buddy. Perfect. Fight, fight or fight, baby. That's right. You know, fight and fight. The, that Muay Thai paid off, but it just kind of went to show. Like I sobered up. It was instinct and. It can happen anywhere. Montreal was at the time known to be safe. But the crazy thing is, that same night, my buddy that I lost, because there was four of us, right? Two of the guys were back at the hotel already. My buddy Pat and I were the ones that stayed out at this bar. We met two girls. I didn't hit it off with one of them. He hit it off with another one. So I ended up just, like, fucking off. And I, I guess that's what happened is I tried to, like, find my hotel. You found myself drunk. I've done that before. I don't want to go do that again <laughs> in Montreal too. Back oh, in the day oh, when I was yeah. like, yeah, my twenty fourth birthday or some sounds, shit. Anyway, but yeah, he. So the crazy <clears throat> thing is, when he was walking, he knew where he was going. He went to McDonald's, got a fucking burger. This I remember him telling this story. Um, but he went to McDonald's and he was walking back to the hotel. Four guys actually took his phone that night. This is when the iPhone five came out. And he oh, had the brand new iPhone 5. Oh, that and extra yeah. layer of apps. That's I still it. got you know what? I still update. had an iPhone 4. I just slapped that phone. But fucking Pat, if you're listening, you remember this story. <laughs> Pat, Oscar, and Hassan. Those are the three guys I was with. But yeah, it's craziness. I mean, that just goes to show that can happen anywhere. If you have a radar for danger, just don't be an idiot when you're traveling. And know that it is a possibility. Like Dimitri was saying, it's a lottery, right? Like, I'm always fascinated by the autopilot that your body goes on when you're blackout drunk. Yeah. Like, thinking yeah. back to it, you're like, how did I get home? How do I still have my shoes, my phone, my wallet? Mm. But there's just, there's something beautiful that happens in your brain where nothing else is functioning, but, like, you know where you gotta go. You know what you gotta do. You know you gotta keep yourself safe. Yeah. Gonna knock this guy out. And, and the body pulls through. Fascinating. It is very fascinating because we're creatures of habit for one thing. I mean, it's not a habit that you make every day. Nate's over here um, dating. So he's a multitasker. Nate's good at focusing or not focusing because podcasting. We're podcasting. I'm, yo, I'm he's multi- messaging listen, people listen, on, on, multi-ca- a, on a pa- dating app. I'm a multitasker at heart, man. That's what Ladies, I listen to that. There you go. That's Selling point. He'll crack your toes with his mouth. What you want? He'll uh, While put a lollipop in between your feet. Cold pressed organic coconut oil. That's all I'm gonna say. Let me know. And he's got that light skin like pose where he licks his lips and he like <laughs> caresses his own hands. Done like twice in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one time I did it, we, we were doing a photo shoot at, at our homie Santiago's house in like 2014. And we have There's it on camera. That, yeah. He's mid mid lip smack. Like, early banter. We also had some cash in that photo shoot too. I don't know who had the cash. Probably me. There but, was like four twenties. You know. Yeah. We threw him in the Some air and then light. we scrambled back to find it because we were Some students. Some light. But um, <laughs> that's what After Effects for. Just multiply Yo, that. Shows to After yeah. Effects, but no, because fuck After Effects. I fucking hate After Effects, but I love the results. How do you feel about After Effects, Jeff? Um, I mean, I'm still intimidated by it. I'm, st- I'm, I'd like to learn it. I don't have the patience to learn software, but I have the patience to direct and like have an opinion on where things should be like you know, the critical you know eye other software, though. I do know other software but I think I get frustrated easily mm. like with After Effects and I'm like doing something and the, the animation doesn't nice. happen I'm like what the fuck okay yeah I don't want my computer to crash right now <laughs> so I'm gonna fucking just leave are you good with After Effects Dimitri 
I'm a Flash kind of guy. I'm a Flash boy too. A Flash boy. That was my shit. Flash boys for life. Jeez. That's what our podcast should be called. Just the Flash boys. Flash boys for life. <laughs> boys. We got a new mantra, man. Yo, another. Speaking of the boys. Dimitri used to do this dope thing. I think it was on Snapchat or Instagram. He'd just jump in cold-ass bodies of water every weekend. <laughs> just for Snapchat? And he'd have, random, he'd have random people with him. Like, a new person every fucking time. I don't know how oh, he like did it. like a Nordic plunge. Like a polar bear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, polar bear dips. Tell us about that. Wim Hof. Yeah. Search him up. Yeah. Man, Jenna's all about Wim Hof right now. She went to all these, like... Is that that Viking seminars. dude? No, he's, um... I don't know what is is he is he from Holland Holland yeah but he's got these breathing techniques and he's he's very into breathing and uh, your central nervous system mm. and your in your immune system apparently like they did all these studies from what I've heard they've done all these studies with him and his group his research group they've gone through his practical methods and his trainings and they were able to fight off E. coli or something like that. I don't know. Like, check out yeah, Wim Hof. Yeah, just through, like, like, meditation and breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah right. And, like, yep. a cold bath. Like, he can hold his breath for so long it's, it's, or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or, and he can, like, submerse himself into, like, really, really cold water. But I think, I don't know. I haven't, I don't know much about it. I just heard certain summaries of it, and it's pretty interesting. Mm. Yeah, he's definitely my spirit animal. <laughs> when uh, there's this, sick like, Vice documentary about him, and, and they go deep into what it is that he does that allows him to be in these extreme conditions, whether it being injected with some sort of virus or, um, or some, something else that is meant to um, significantly impact his immune system. He's able to fight all that with just his mindset, his breathing, and his immense control of um, where the, like, the mental power is going at that particular moment. Uh, so take cold water as another example. He's able to keep his body temperature consistent at 36 degrees while being submerged in ice water for like hours at a time. So yeah, it looks like he's he's like like a, a crazy child, like a one-off, mm-hmm. like no one else can do it. But then he was able to share his practice with other people. They're able to replicate the same results, which were super impressive. And since seeing that years ago, like three or four years ago, I've been taking a cold shower every single morning just a way of of waking up feeling good and it's incredible the science and the biology that comes through your body initiated by your brain and your heart when you submerge yourself in the cold water that is unparalleled to like any other drug that's out there any other nutrition anything else that you can put in your body and all it takes is like 30 seconds to a minute of your day to yeah. get those results so, Nate, why aren't you doing it? Uh, it's a smart motherfucker right here, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. I would say he has a black belt in breathing. Why am I not doing it? Black belt in breathing. I like, I like my showers hot, man. Piping hot. Get in there, relax the muscles. Russian bathos. You Let know your ass that. drip a little. Yeah, Russian bathos. Eastern no Promises. There, do they? You ever seen Eastern Promises? No, I haven't, Jeff. You ever seen Eastern Promises, Dimitri? Of course. There's we're a scene in, where we're, see, we're easing into a Jeff you see movie into, minute. You see into Viggo Mortensen's <laughs> stomach <laughs> from his ass. <laughs> because there's a scene. That's a perfect a, synopsis. This is not. <laughs> in a world. In a Russian bathhouse. Viggo Mortensen's ass opens up so to another about? world. 
Yeah, you definitely. I mean, there's a, a fight. Okay, this is going to spoil it Fuck for a lot of people that haven't seen it. I'm so, spoiler sorry. alert. But uh, if you want to see what Vigo Mortensen had for breakfast that day, <laughs> uh, watch Eastern Promises. He uh, there's a like a 10 minute naked fight scene in a Russian bathhouse, and his ass is out in the camera for like 10 minutes. So I'm not sure who'd be interested in that. So. Sorry, not <laughs> quite the tease. Yeah. No it's a Luca, it's a Luca movie, man. That's a magnotorific. <laughs> this is fucking so bad. People are getting so pissed at us. <laughs> a magnata production. <laughs> Luca, <laughs> that ass. Sponsored by Jimmy Carter. Sponsored by Jimmy Carter. Sponsored by Don't Fuck With Cats. Because really, Don't Fuck With Cats. Rule number zero. Don't Show fuck us with to ass. all the cats out there. Show us to all the people with cats. If you don't like cats, like cats. Like cats, like K-A-T-Z? Like a deli? Like cats, like the like musical. Oh, the musical. Yeah. Like a meow. <laughs> meow. Meow. Dimitri, how's your cat meow? Meow. It has like a deep meow? Yeah, it's a, it's a little one, but yeah, it's a it's a deep throat. Yeah, it's a deep throat. <laughs> deep throat. Guys, on the you know like we got to take turns doing our best meows. Oh man, I'm a Just cow. To pave I'm a cow whisperer, bro. Meow. All right, my turn. Meow. <laughs> That's a good meow too, man. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a frog with herpes, man. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> Yo, you know, be a trip. It's like your cat's name's uh, Craig. Meow. It's called Meow. Meow. <laughs> no. Craig. Meow. Craig the cat. Your, your, your Yo, cat's name is cats, like Marcus or imagine, Dave. Imagine if cats had lips. They do have lips. No, like full on lips. Oh, like. Like juicy human lips. lips. Well, that wouldn't be a. It'd be weird. Imagine be a like. Cat with human imagine lips. You're, you're standing there getting your apple cinnamon Cheerios from the cupboard and you just feel like a little kiss on your ankle and you look down and it's your cat. It's like, meow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like kissing your Achilles tendon. And then that becomes weird because that's when it's like, is it sexual? It's fucking well, there's that too. And like, to think about like a, like a pet, like a dog or a cat laughing, like laughing at a joke. Like if it was a small animal, I would picture it to have a raspy laugh. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 nice one, Dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Yo, a little Joe Pesci laugh. What What do you think Rito's voice would sound like? And do you think he would have oh, an he, accent? He bitch made. Like his his meow. He's a bitch ass meow. So like his <laughs> accent, he'd be like a little English boy eating fucking shortbread cookies like, with papa. fucking homogenized milk. Yeah, papa with a fucking mouthful of jelly and a pat on the ass. <laughs> That's so mean. That's so vivid. Hey, he's so he's vivid. bitch made. He's getting there, but he's bitch made. What does up. bitch made mean? He's just like a little hoe. He's like a coward. Like if any cat were to walk in here, they would eat his food, shit on his shit, and Rita shit wouldn't on do any shit. <laughs> Rita wouldn't do anything about That's it. Deep. That's so gangster. If you're <laughs> yeah. shitting on someone else's shit, that is true alpha <laughs> or not. That's because like imagine it's like I'm gonna shit on your shit. Like you go to jail. And you're shitting That's in the, what the you one say, toilet, so no one fucks with you. Well, I'm gonna shit on your shit. I'm gonna suck your dick right yeah, off your body. Yeah, they'll, they'll, I yeah. call it Alpha <laughs> Alpha Trez, man. That's Alpha Trez. <laughs> alpha <Yeah>. Trez. <laughs> yeah. Imagine just you're seeing from it. Windsor, right? <laughs> Is 
Don't, where does this all come from? Don't go there, man. Don't go right, there. Right. Don't go to no Windsor, man. We ain't gonna speak Windsor on that. Windsor stays winning. We ain't gonna speak on no Windsor, bro. <laughs> Have you Looks been like there? You Dimitri? got a wind sore over there. Never, never. I'm just assuming it's a wind's whore. That's where you drive across the bridge and you see the weather change. Bro, our skyline was Detroit. Well, that's nice. Yeah, Motown, man. Yeah. No, well, Detroit, like, like, like post production, like GM gone, like all the big three gone, Detroit. So there's like yeah. nothing happening, Detroit. And then did, they, did they take the skyline with them? So not nah, still there. It's just oh. this actually is a nice segue. A lot of the GM building, I, I want to say I'm not 100 percent sure, but a lot of um, startup companies taking advantage of the office space there because it's so cheap. So they've launched in Detroit. Like there's a company that started selling uh, sneakers. They're like the they have stocks for sneakers now. It's called StockX inside of Detroit. So there's a lot of like new uh, startup companies that head there to open their headquarters. And speaking of startups, do you have any startup companies you want to plug or shout out? When you do plug them, though, you got to give like a little description. So like Soylent is a perfect example. And a meow after. <laughs> we can meow. We can meow per per company. Per? Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> True banter, people. <laughs> True cat. True. Ca- you should be on Cats, man. You should go on Broadway. I'm gonna go to Cats Deli. Ah, <laughs> uh, good question. I don't know, man. Bro, every time I link with this guy, he always has a new fucking company that's local. That's like selling like organic honey, but injecting it with. You mean like has a new CBD company, like and then company, like or? applying it to your kneecap to give you like a two-inch vertical boost. Let me. I'm trying to find it. It's actually out of Detroit, which is oh, which is oh. why it deserves a shout. Would you out. look at that? Well, what do you know? What do you know? In a world where you know everything, <laughs> and we talk about Detroit, <laughs> and then we meow, crack your toes and get your beak wet. You gotta watch White Boy, White Boy Ricky, man. Matthew McConaughey's in that. It's a delicious movie. Nate's got this crush on Matthew McConaughey. He's a fucking great actor, dude. Yeah, he's got like, nice lips too, fuck. eh? He's got nice. Does he? Paper I've never thin looked lips. at his. I never look at another man's lips. Looks like he's got a nice purse. Yeah, only on. cat lips, right? Yeah, like, only cat, cat lips. lips. Only cat lips. Imagine his lips on Rito's, on Rito's mouth. That would be fucked up. Yeah, you'd keep Rito for a longer time, probably. I would probably clone, stay home. I would clone a him. More, probably stay home a little more often. I if sure you know what I mean. Would and cook some. Ital pasta for two. <laughs> Ital. <laughs> what is Ital pasta? Yo, man? that's the brand, bro. Oh, Remember I thought Ital? you meant like Vital Ital pasta. No, you know, uh, Del cook Moro's. Cook some Ital pasta, man. <laughs> yeah, cook Chef Boradia and Del Moro's. <laughs> Yo, fuck Del Moro's too, man. Eat dick. <laughs> Fucking terrible. Fix your face, man. Fix your eyebrows, bro. You're oh. a cunt. Ooh, Ooh, that's getting hardcore. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. I just had All to right. let him know. Shout out time. Shout out to Floyd <laughs> Detroit. Hey. It's a furniture designed for moving. So every now and then, you're out here, you settle, you get all the fancy furniture as you do here, Nate. And then like your your lease runs out, you get another job, you gotta bounce. This IKEA culture is making it difficult to take the furniture apart put it back together right you're gonna leave it floyd specializes in super simple furniture that you take apart you stack it super flat 
you take it to the next place. Dude, that sounds like a fucking commercial. We're not even sponsored by it these people. Like it sounds like he works for them, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you work for them. It sounds like, I feel like you have stock in Douglas mattresses. Douglas mattresses. Dougie. <laughs> Sleep Douglas. Loki owned by Doug Ford, man. Oh, Dougie. Douglas, this is just a quick acknowledgement. What are you guys doing? Yeah, go fuck your, your shit. You're just ripping off Andy and fucking... What's the other one that you got? Casper? Casper, baby. Well, there's, there's, a, lot, yeah. there's a lot of them popping up Yeah, what up the now. fuck? Like, what, what are in these fucking mattresses where everybody thinks they can just start a mattress company? Well, you're selling. they're selling sleep, right? They're selling on the emotional connectors and the, the needs of these people that are on the everyday hustle. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I just like I've heard I, good things about Casper. I've heard good things about Andy. Yeah, know, I've so. I've seen like people's concern though in terms of longevity of the mattresses because there's no they're like n- some new technology, right? So it's not like tried and true. They need to bring water beds back, man. They definitely fuck do. your Circle. back up, live fast, die young, look good in the coffin, bounce, be buoyant. Just get get uh, get some prostitute to ride you on a water bread. On a no, water, water bread. <laughs> Be a boy and be buoyant. Be a buoyant boy. <laughs> boys. The boys. boys. <laughs> so, okay, so we got Floyd. How about this question, Dimitri? On, the, on your next trip, wherever that may be, I think we've preempted, bef- or I think we've kind of talked about where that might be, but say you're to an undisclosed location, what are three things that you will have to bring with you no matter what, will not leave your side? Very good question. Ooh. Three things only. Three things. Those are gonna be a Timbuktu backpack. Boom. Yep. Plug All Timbuktu. of you which are proud owners. All of three of us. Two. Yeah. Timbuktu, backpack. come on the show. All three of us have Timbuktu backpacks. All three of us. By the way. All right. So that's number. Uh, I mean, we're not going in order here. A priority. Just. Just out there. Uh, nothing beats a a good neck pillow. Oof. You know, like people people don't take the time to invest in a good neck pillow. Can we uh can we start a company for good neck pillows? Because oh, I've ostrich. I've tried fucking three, and they're shit. It's hard to nail it because like a neck pillow is like one of those things that you need to to get by to get to, but then you don't want to carry this thing around. So like, is it inflatable? Then you does sacrifice quality. Yeah, does it have memory foam? Casper, Casper, why, why aren't you doing Wait, neck pillows? Why are we giving them the sauce, bro? We can do this. We can just, they we inject their shit. competition out They here, inject okay? their shit with fucking cream cheese. We can do that with the fucking neck pillow shit. And we can do a startup, that, launch it out of Detroit. stank ass that pillow might be after a 13-hour <laughs> flight. Excuse me, sir, do you have cream cheese in your pillow? Oh, what, yeah, it's a Casper. One-way ticket to Wuhan. <laughs> <laughs> We're losing followers, but we're also gaining some, so. But, so, neck, neck pillow. <laughs> Fucking the Wuhan Deluxe. Jeez. Comes with, like, a built-in GM N95 particle mask. <laughs> now we're talking innovation. Now we're speaking to the entrepreneurs. Now we're speaking to the digital nomads. What about the ostrich pillow? I don't know where that... I donated that. You had one? I had one, yeah. What the fuck? I won it at some uh, oh, hackathon. I was in a hackathon. They gave us these gift baskets, and there was like Kit Kats, and there was an ostrich pillow, and it smelled weird. Is that like an ostrich? 
Man, I got bit by an ostrich I in Korea. Those things are savages, bro. I Dude, gave it, one lettuce and skin. it almost took off my fucking yeah, index finger. Yeah, it broke skin and some Korean father was laughing <laughs> hysterically at me. I have it on video. It's like a Korean laugh. Like, <laughs> yo, that's so racist. No, but they no. have like a certain tonality. Like Korean, like. For sure. Yo, tone and I flexed, intonation I is I flexed on my Korean. mama. I was in the fucking elevator and um, there was Koreans there because I picked up on it. And she's like, how did you know that they were speaking Korean? I'm like, ah, it's just like the tonality of like how. Well, there's similar. How to, their words are. Yeah. Spoken. Japan has similar, similar intonations and yeah. tonalities. But yeah, there's a, I mean, the Jap, I mean, the, the, not the, <laughs> the Japanese, Jap. the Korean laugh, the, the Korean father. It was a really high pitched chuckle. Jap. No Jewish American princess. You know that term? No. Jappy. No. So it's not Japanese. It's like. I, th- I don't know where the history comes from, but oh, uh, like a, it's got like a waspy kind of oh, feel to it. Like, so that's another racist term for Jewish people? Not Jewish people. So it's like the it's like a, a coined term, I think, for like <clears throat> the young, spoiled, rich um, Jewish princesses, like Jewish, you know, privileged girls. Oh, shit. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure. Richmond Hill, you learned that? Thornhill. Thornhill. But, uh, Fair. On Shabbat Street. <laughs> Shabbat Street. Yeah, that is Shabbat, a street. Yeah. Right? yeah. Bathers and Shabbat. Yeah, that's where that, that's like right off of Bathurst. Shows to Rabbi Elish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, <laughs> I, I lived in Thornhill from like four to like eight. Did they have a Whataburger out there? They have like seven. Fuck yeah. No, they have one right at Bathurst and Steels or Bathurst hey, and Hey, Hey, Whataburger, what, what happened? You guys used to be great. Yeah, We're what just, happened with that bagel? What a bagel. We're just shouting out all the local companies. <laughs> Start local. Start <laughs> dissing the local companies. Sending shots, hoping one of them sponsors us, man. We're taking the M&M approach to yeah. success. <laughs> ha, visit us at momspaghetti.org. <laughs> all right, last thing to bring along with you. <laughs> right. Yeah. On this trip of yours. <laughs> uh, this is a good life hack. Go on Amazon. And and buy, you know, like that that set of bracelets in every color. No, bracelets. What kind of bracelets? Just, just type in like multicolored bracelets. It's like it's the bracelets that you get at like events at resorts. Just like this thing that oh, goes around okay. you. It, yeah, it's like a hospital you, bracelet. Like, yeah, you, like you clip it in so that like you flash it and and wherever it is that you're supposed to be. As long as you match the color, like you're good to go. So that's like, how you get into conventions. If, you, if you're going down south, you go in a resort, just find the color of the resort. It's a good hack. All you can eat. Wow. It's very true. That's I've an international that. hack right there, bro. Yo, because when we used to stay at All Inclusives for spring break, we used to um, meet girls at different clubs, but they were staying at different resorts. We're like, okay, we need to like cut this. We need to bring tape to at least because the security guards if they didn't see a, uh, the proper wristband on the girls they wouldn't let them in biggest cock blocks ever but it's like okay how do we figure this out bring scotch tape bring some scissors to the fucking wherever we go so if you land successfully which was like always a strikeout in certain parts of Mexico during spring break it's like okay use our wrist, uh, wristbands but we would befriend a lot of the security guards as soon as we get there those are the hacks if you're doing the western all-inclusive style vacations or party <laughs> vacations but there's like the young douchebag hack but the back to the bracelet hack that's such a key thing that's such um, a good point because a lot of those um, establishments in certain tourist driven countries rely on all-inclusive deals or um, you know like 
wristbands to enter places. Mm -hmm. So that's actually a really mm -hmm. good hack. Hey, one last question for you, Dimitri. You have to pick three people to have coffee or tea with. Who are you picking and why? And they have to be alive. We gotta be alive right now. Like we Don't fucking say Elon Musk. <laughs> fucking say that shit. Yeah, what if no, he says Elon I, Musk? I know that's yours. I'm not gonna take it away from you. It's not. You, you got you got dibs. It's not. You just wanna crock his toes, don't you? <laughs> just get your big toe and feed him that. Cracking fucking... Elon's toes and then being like <laughs> and him I meowing? cracked Elon's toes. Yeah, and then he meows after. <laughs> it's meant to be. It's plausible, it's plausible. <laughs> All of a sudden, the Tesla stock goes it's up. Like, where, where was this? In his truck. Is he going to change the, the brand name to Tozla? <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So Elon Musk is not one this of is, them. Uh, this is a Jack D's, guys. This is, this is what happens D's. with the Jack D's. Nectar edition. Mm. Um, one person would have to be Mr. Vladimir Putin. Oh wow. Okay. So apparently this man sleeps like two hours a night. Like Jeez. he's there's just like crazy documentary about him. Not a lot of people know about it. It's probably propaganda. That's why it's censored out here in North America. Where could we watch it? Deep web, maybe? Do Go we need, you need Google, Tor browser? Google.ru. Okay. Yeah. Let me just type that in. Yeah. Okay. You'll give me the link after. We'll we'll have it in the uh, description in the show notes. of this podcast. Right. Not a lot of people know, but my uh, my dad is actually a stunt double for Putin. Oh, that's fucking cool. You should have led with that, dude. What the fuck? Why are you leaving this till now? Wait, a stunt double See, this for is Putin? Why, Putin listen, acts? Or? This is why he's KGB, bro. He never no, like tells like dope shit like this. You gotta fucking dig it out of him. <laughs> so whatever, like, Putin would have to go to like an area where uh, it's probably like it's not best for him to be in. Oh, and like high risk. Yeah, high risk, like meeting Trump, you know, like things that he doesn't want to do. Like my, my dad steps in and, and covers the cause. Like so your dad looks like Putin, kind of? Well, you tell me. Oh, Holy shit. Holy fuck. Yo, that's crazy. Holy shit. Dimitri, you're going to have to send this because we're going to put this into the show notes. I don't know if we're allowed to do that. People, we can't give away this identity. <laughs> okay, you know can, what? But we like can't. This. Sorry, guys. We can't. You know what? We'll blur it out. We'll blur it out, but we'll show a fucking... Guys, they they look hang look on, like, hang on, hang on, though. I, th I feel like Dimitri's fucking with us, and he just has that, that photo. That could be it, too. And it's like a family giggle. Because this could be amazing, but... Because he kind of transcends sarcasm. He kind of, like, missed the boat on sarcasm, and he just goes into, like, this deep joke where fucking... It could be true. Like, it's a viable fucking situation, so we don't know. And then he laughs at us. Isn't that the whole point? Uh, there's a little banter that happens That would have been very seamless, though. Yeah. That would have been a seamless prank or joke. Well, we got we got Putin in there. Who else are we going for? We're gonna go with Angelina Jolie. Okay. Oh shit. I don't even think you have to explain that one. Sheesh. I want to hear the explanation. Nah, just let it be. All just right. let it sink in. <laughs> All right. Yeah. How do you feel about the tattoos? They're uh, they're like a map. Her body is a wonderland. She could have followed the lead. Yeah. We'll tell you where to go so you can find your North Star of Angela Jolie. Angela With collaboration and synergy. <laughs> yeah. Let's table that discussion. She really now. wants to synergize with your body. <laughs> okay, so we got 
Vladimir Putin. We've got Angelina Jolie. And who's number three? Yeah, last but not least, it's going to have to be my boy that played Borat. Sasha. I had a feeling he was going to say that. Very cool. But like the key to this meeting that I would have is that everybody needs to show up at the same place at the same time. It's going to be a four way. It'd be amazing. Imagine all these people for naming all these characters. Just like imagine the conversation that's going to be had. So it's like a foursome? Dude, it doesn't have to be all about the toes. Okay. Okay. It's just, just a conversation. I just wanted out to here. be on track. No shoes know? allowed. Yeah, everybody's because it's gonna be in a Russian household. Like you better <laughs> the bathhouse. Take off you your guys, house. No, you're all gonna sit like instead of crisscross, just like with your legs spread, sitting you know, on the ground. Lock toes like this, and with your each other. toes will be touching. You guys will form a nautical star <laughs> with four points. With four points. It's like course. a and that you'll be the North Star, Ryan Center. <laughs> This is getting real fucking crazy here. We're letting our hair down. We sure are. People, we're letting our hair down. We're getting our beaks wet. Well, all right. So quick summary for um, Dimitri's top three. Hopefully it could be a foursome simultaneously. Mm -hmm. But number one, Vladimir Putin. Number two, Angelina Jolie. And number three, Sasha Baron Cohen as Borat. Yeah. With a mustache. With a mustache. mustache Where would this be? Last question. Oh, wow. I'd say Belarus, but I'm not Dimitri. And this would be a common ground. This would be a place Canada's Wonderland. (laughs) How about that uh, Kazakhstan ice rink? That'd be sick to have lunch (laughs) in the middle of that. (laughs) With our toes. (laughs) You know how many people would tune in? Would toe in? Dude, I want to be the one driving the Zamboni on that ice. <laughs> Fucking Luther Vandross, <laughs> P.O. Bryson. <laughs> no, we'd have fucking Bon Jovi. We'd have Bon Jovi's yeah, band shrimp playing fork, live. Salad fork, fucking <laughs> monogram uh, napkins, and then everyone's just being really formal, and you're in the middle of this fucking ice rink in Kazakhstan. I think we need a drawing of this, man. I will do that for yep. you guys. Right. I will it's going to be in the show notes. The yeah, It'll be in the show notes, and I will draw this with my heart <laughs> extending into a pen. Yeah, dude. That's perfect. Thank that you was, for coming on the show. A, dude, it was, it was a absolute pleasure getting to hear some of your story. I'm sure, hopefully, this is not the last and only time that you uh, come onto the show. All Who right. knows what you're going to be doing and where you'll be. Thanks but, for the uh, jack. Nope. Thanks for all those nuggets, man. All those chicken nuggies with fries. Hand in the mouth. Nate's vegan, but he ate them all up. Ate them all up. Got to regurgitate now. Yeah. Bird feeding. Bird feeding. We're bird feeding you. All of you little puppies. All of you little birdies. And what do you call Baby birds? Baby birds. Wet your beaks. All you chicks. We're wetting your beaks. We're regurgitating our knowledge into your throats. (laughs) And out your ears. (laughs) So that much... Being said, in a world where we're trying to nail the perfect podcast, thank you very much for listening. Alrighty, friends, comrades, pals, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you dig the content and want to stay in tune with what we've got going on in our personal and very private lives, tough luck. Just kidding. You can certainly follow us on our Instagram page. The handle is at bntr.cast. Or don't. Do what you want. It's your life. Just saying. 
if you have a topic in mind or want to be a guest on the show, you know, come hang out, chop it up, jump out of a cake, shoot us a message at hello at createbanter.com. So thanks again, and we'll see you soon. Peace. Peace.